welcome back to another episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy, and I'm here to try to make the world seem a little more normal. Today, are we going to accomplish that? Mm, a little unlikely. We might blow your mind a little bit today, but we'll see how it goes. Of course, I'm joined as always by a guest to help me with this. And my guest today is Bart Sibrell, who is... A man of many talents, but is an award-winning filmmaker, a writer, and investigative journalist. Now, you might ask, what does that have to do with the paranormal? Well, we're going to let you know pretty soon. But first things first, how are you doing tonight? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? I can't complain too much. I get to podcast, and podcasting makes me a very happy man. So that's right. always a beautiful thing. But the first question I ask everybody, Bart, is... What got you into the paranormal conspiracy realm? Well, I mean, uh, conspiracy simply means a crime that's plotted out in advance. Um, I wrote a book recently called Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. You just go to my last name, sabrell.com, and I read it on audio or Kindle or print. And one of the first chapters I talk about is what is a conspiracy. Half of all crimes in the world are conspiracies. Half are done in the heat and the emotion of the moment, and half are plotted out in advance. That's why when the government indicts uh, mobsters, they call it a conspiracy crime, because they're organizing their criminal activities. They're plotting them out in advance. And so that's what conspiracy really means. It's a legal term. It means that there are clever people committing crimes, and to get away with them, they have intricately woven together plans. And unfortunately, for the last 6,000 years or so since Nimrod, the people who run the world are homicidal, genocidal maniacs who are tyrants. And uh, and now, because they're so clever, they masquerade as benevolent people when, in fact, they're tyrannical murderers. So us being the peons underneath them, we try to, you know, figure out what's going on so that we can sidestep and live for one extra day. I agree 100% on everything you just said. It's, oh, this is going to be a conversation I can already tell. But the second question I always ask, and it's okay if you haven't, but have you had any experiences with anything in the paranormal realm, whether they be spirits, ghosts, UFOs, aliens, cryptids, take your pick? Well, I mean, other than our government being run by reptilians, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I actually, I only shared it, I think, for the first time in an interview yesterday, but uh, when I was 14 years old, I was actually tested by the United States government for extrasensory perception uh, through my United States senator, who was on the intelligence committee by the name of James Baker. And I don't think they were allowed to legally fund ESP research, so they used a third-party organization called the Mind Science Foundation in San Antonio, Texas. And they brought me to the uh, most advanced computer uh, of the day, which I think in 1978 was in Oak Ridge, Tennessee at a nuclear facility. And it had a cesium amount in there that uh, they put, I guess, a Geiger counter on to create random numbers through radioactive decay. And 
they tried to have me influence the computer first in person and then from hundreds of miles away later. I was uh, at that time, I had many, many dreams that would come true. Sometimes insignificant things like dropping a glass or seeing someone break a glass I would see in my dream and then boom, it would happen first thing the next day. And then sometimes very specific things that didn't seem to be that relevant. Like the neighbor across the way in my dream wasn't the neighbor who was there at the moment. And they were pregnant, uh, a woman who lived there. They were from Yugoslavia and they drove a Volkswagen. And that's pretty specific, right? So three and a half years after I dreamed that, I actually recorded the dreams. Uh, they had they asked me to keep a log of my dreams. My neighbor that was there moves out. The person who moves in is from Yugoslavia. They drive a Volkswagen and the woman of the house is pregnant. Now, that didn't change the course of the world in any particular way that I'm aware of. But it did show me that it is possible to know events before they happen. And then uh, sometimes when I would get into kind of a trance daydreaming state and when I would be woken up from it and turn a particular direction at about 180 degrees, sometimes a painting would jump off the wall or, a, uh, you know, a vase would fall or something like that would happen. And so that's psychokinetic, that's precognitive. And then occasionally uh, I would hear what I swore was somebody saying something in their voice, but I find out later they only thought it and my brain interpreted it as their audible voice. So those things have happened. And I, as a kid, one of the first books I ever read from cover to cover were about Einstein's theory of relativity. And I didn't move on to the next page or paragraph or sentence until I comprehended, imagined what he was talking about. And then so I thought, well, if there's these three categories of ESP, uh, how is it possible? How is it possible, either intentionally or otherwise, to move something without touching it. And of course, it could be electrical impulses from the brain, moving the atoms of the object, that would explain that. And let's say telepathy. If there's electricity in the brain, then maybe that's like a radio wave and I can pick it up in my radio receiver in my brain. So that would explain that. The third one about precognitive ability, how could that happen? That was more difficult to explain in a physical realm. And I meditated on that. I remember as a teenager, for many days. And then it finally dawned on me, the only way that you can know something before it happened is if it in fact has already happened. And the idea that it hasn't happened is not actually accurate. It would be as if, let's say you're on Mars and I'm on earth and I say, hey, Jeremy, how's it going? About 25 minutes later, you'll hear me and see me say, hey, how's it going? When in fact, it, I said it 25 minutes earlier. So what if these events that I see in the future are actually happening at that moment. And I'm kind of getting a delayed reaction. It's kind of like, I guess CDs are the same way, but more traditionally an LP. The tracks in the future, they haven't happened yet. The needle is now, but the tracks, what they are is finite. And so that also means that if it is a true premonition of future events, it can't be stopped. Because if you stop the event, then you can't have the premonition in the first place. See? So we still have free will. Uh, at the same time, if you believe in God, God gives us free will, but then God knows what we're going to choose <laughs> ahead of time. So it's kind of a paradox that both are true at the same time. So that's my 
dabbling into it. I don't think that you can contact people who are dead. I think there are demonic forces impersonating them. And I do think UFOs are real, but like the top two experts, and you can read an article I wrote about this at sabrell.com, that they're actually from Earth and not from outer space. And they're also likely demonic or of a fallen angel origin. That's my opinion about that in the paranormal. It's funny. I just had an astrophysicist on a week or two ago, Dr. Hugh Gross, who he believes that anytime someone's abducted by extraterrestrials, that they have been engaging in occult practices, and that's why they're that's why they got abducted. Well, it is interesting that uh, people who invoke the name of Jesus suddenly the quote aliens run away. Now, if there's some creature from another planet like in uh, Star Trek, then what would the name of Jeremy, Bob, Jesus, or Buddha mean to them? wouldn't mean anything. So that's interesting. And then secondly, they often are harvesting sperm and eggs from men and women. Why is that the case? Well, believe it or not, it says in the Bible, in Leviticus 19.19, not to crossbreed species. God says don't do it. So GMOs are sin according to the Bible. And when you disobey that command, let's say you take a horse and a donkey to get a mule, guess what? The mule is sterile. So what a surprise, since GMOs have been introduced in the food supply, fertility rates have dropped by 65%. Now, here's another thing. Up until about 150 years ago, and certainly in Jesus's day, Genesis 6, that talks about the sons of God, and seeing how that's the same term in Job, which means angels, and Job is actually an older book than Genesis, it means angels in Genesis, whether you accept it or not. And it says that they intermingled uh, with the daughters of men. Now, because Jesus said that in heaven, people will not marry, people say, well, that can't be true because uh, angels uh, can't have sex. But sex and marriage are two different things, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it never says angels can't have sex. It says they don't get married, which is different. That's why fornication is a sin. Sex and marriage uh, is not. All that to say, it says very specifically the result of an angel and a human having sex resulted in a deformity known as giantism. And the Nephilim Nephilim means giants, and it also means fallen ones, fallen angels. So you have suddenly extremely tall people being born who are off mentally. They're defective. They're sterile. And if they're sterile, how can they procreate their race? They have to find sperm and eggs. You see this? This is why... I believe aliens are really fallen angels. And the reason why they're harvesting sperm and eggs is because they're sterile. And they have to constantly make new copies of themselves. And that's what they're doing. Interesting. I, I've heard it. I've kind of heard it before, but never put like that. Like, that's genius. That's genius in a way. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Now, do you believe that these aliens are from other dimensions and that's what hell and heaven are other dimensions that these yes come from yeah uh there's a, a special number to god and you know it's odd to me that it's an odd number seven 
And uh, the Bible says that God is light. And there are seven colors in light. It also says in Revelation that God has seven spirits. And so I looked at what the original meaning of each color was. And it's kind of like a, a spirit of God means like an attribute or personality of God. Yellow is actually the color for love, not red. And green would mean life, chlorophyll. And then blue in England, it was called the blue law, which came from the Ten Commandments. Police cars have blue lights. So each of these colors represents an aspect. There's seven notes on the musical scale. If you look at the different uh, attributes of the periodic table of 92 elements, scientists just divide them into seven groups. If you look mm -hmm. at the genes and chromosomes because of their different attributes, they're put into seven groups. Now, there are other dimensions. It says in the New Testament that after Jesus was murdered, before he ascended to heaven, he would just suddenly appear in a room with the doors closed. And at the same time, he would eat a meal and he could be touched. So it's like, well, and then he would disappear. Well, that's outer dimensional travel, obviously. So it's my opinion, Jeremy, there are actually seven dimensions. There's three on this side, height, width, and depth. And there's three on the other side, height, width, and depth, because it says there's streets in heaven. They're literally made out of gold so pure, it's translucent, you can see through it. So what is the seventh dimension? Imagine an hourglass turned on its side. Earth, three dimensions, is on the left, and heaven, three dimensions, is on the right. Then you have that narrow part in the middle. That's the gate. That's the seventh dimension. Believe it or not, I think it's in John, I think around chapter 10, it says that Jesus is the gate for the sheep. Now, how about that? And then referring to Satan, it says Satan is not the shepherd. And proof of it is he came in over the wall. Now, get this. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. And Jesus came from heaven. And guess how he entered this world? Through a human body. Because heaven may be literally within you interdimensionally. You see, it could be like uh, heaven is the hub of a wheel and we're at the tip of each spoke, each human life. And when we die, we don't really go up through a tunnel. We go down through a tunnel to the smallest particle. And interesting that CERN with the logo 666 clearly in their logo, right? They uh, have as their logo the God of Destruction, which is Lucifer. And they're trying to get down to the smallest particle. Yeah. Why? To come out on the other side of the hourglass, you see. Heaven may literally be within you or access to it, you see. It's like you have a seed, right? And then out comes this apple tree. How can a big apple tree being a tiny seed. How is that possible? Well, it's not. It's coming from another dimension. And we're an example of that. We spring forth. Jesus came through heaven. And heaven is within you. That's why he came from a woman's body. Satan did not. He came in another way. Just like John chapter 10 says. He climbed over. He came in in an unnatural way. 
that's why Jesus is called the only begotten, born son of God. Satan wasn't born. You see, he cheated. He climbed over the wall. And it's interesting. You know, I'm starting a podcast on March 5th. You can go to sabrell.com and sign up if you want. But I focus on this chief advisor to the World Economic Forum. And right as I'm editing this video, Jeremy, I see 666 hidden in plain sight in the World Economic Forum logo. And this guy who says worse things than Hitler, multiple times he says there are 3 billion useless people on the earth not contributing to the economy. How are we going to get rid of them? Hmm, I wonder how. And uh, so he says, don't believe the Bible and don't believe Jesus. He never says there's no God. He never says there's no Lucifer. He just says, don't follow the Bible and don't follow Jesus, right? Who basically says to repent, right? When he, when he forgives the woman who committed adultery, he forgives her. And then he says, and go and sin no more. That's why he said multiple times, you know, unless you repent, you too will perish. And so the way I look at it, Jeremy, to live forever, it takes two keys. It's a safety deposit box like in the bank, right? Two keys to open it. One from the bank, which is God, and one from you. The, the, the one from God is grace. You know, I can kill a person and I can repent and go to heaven but I can never bring them back to life. Even if I took $300 out of your wallet, Jeremy, when you weren't looking, I could give it back to you a month later. But I can't undo that one month you lived without electricity because you couldn't pay your electric bill and the pain and suffering that caused, you see? So we have to have God's grace, that key, to enter heaven. But we also have our key, which is repenting. It says, anyone who loves the world is an enemy toward God. This is love for God, to obey the commandments, right? Repent or perish. He says, only those who stay repentant to the very end will be saved. It's not a get out of jail free card, right? So our repentance alone it will not cover up our past sins. So we won't make it by just repenting. We have to have God's grace, but God won't give us his grace unless we prove we love him by repenting. So that's why uh, we have the opportunity to live forever and why this wicked person who's running the world never says there's no God and never says there's no Lucifer. He just says, mm -hmm. don't obey Jesus like he doesn't and don't obey the Bible like he doesn't. So you can join his club. And in his club, right out in the open is the number 666. So these people apparently intentionally worship Lucifer. Isn't that interesting? These are the people who run the world. And what was God's first commandment in the Bible? Be fruitful and multiply. And what was Jesus's last commandment before he sent it into heaven? Be fruitful and multiply. Go make disciples of all nations. And so what do the Luciferian people want to do? The exact opposite. They want to get rid of 94% of the sons of Adam and lower the population. Now, I'm a filmmaker, Jeremy. I hope to do a feature film this year, the Lord willing. It's not wishful thinking. I have a screenplay. I have producers. I have a budget. I have a crew. I have location. I have a cast. I have a plan. And if you're a billionaire and a trillionaire, and your objective is to lower the population by 94%, I don't think you're kicked back, twiddling your thumbs, hoping it just happens. You have a plan.
And it's not a coincidence that fertility rates are down by 65% when technology is going up. If technology, including healthcare, is constantly getting better, how can longevity rates and, you, and fertility rates be going down unless it's intentional? You see? They're exactly. fulfilling all right kind in front of our eyes. And we're lining up to help them. Kind of like how all of a sudden the COVID vaccines lower fertility rates. Well, I mean, it's odd that 85% of women who get the injection experience disruptive periods. One woman says she's taking a shower, blood just starts gushing out of her, and her doctor says, oh, that's a normal reaction. Really? (laughs) Unbelievable the gall they have to say that a woman bleeding out is a normal reaction to a medicine, a medicine that she took for an illness she didn't even have. You know, I found something in the Bible just the other day. It blew my mind. It's in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. It says Lucifer holds mankind in slavery because of their fear of death. Why did people line up to take this bad medicine for an illness they didn't even have? Fear of death. And the way it works God's most repeated commandment in the Bible, 365 times, do not fear. And if you live in fear, it's going to bite you in the butt. I know four people who got the shot for fear of death, and all four of them died as a result of the shot 90 days later. So what can you do? Don't live in fear. If you do, you're a slave. I mean, look, we're in a society that you have to ask permission to open your business permission to go to the beach, permission to go to church, permission to do this. Why does one human being wearing a uniform have power over another human being who's not wearing the uniform? That sounds like slavery to me, right? (laughs) How, How can it be freedom? It's interesting, the U.S., among many lies that they tell, is that they have the best healthcare in the world. Really? 70% of the population is taking prescription medicine which means 70% of the population is sick. Is there any country in the world that has 70% of the population sick all the time? Only the United States. So that's the worst health care in the world. You see that? They're lying right out in the open and facts prove it otherwise. And then they say we're the most free society. We're the most enslaved society. Go to any restaurant, walk through the restaurant. People drove you know, some distance, and they made a plan to come here and to fellowship with one another, and 90% of the people sitting there at the tables have their faces in a phone, texting people who aren't even there instead of talking to people next to them and across the table. Now, there's something wrong with people's minds if they're doing that, and I would say they're enslaved, wouldn't you? They're addicted. An addiction is slavery, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, my eight-year-old son likes to play Roblox for or watch YouTube for 12, 13 hours a day, easy. And I keep telling them, you are addicted to these things. You need to go outside. You need to play like I did when I was a kid. Like you need to be more in touch with your surroundings. Like and if you take them away from him, he literally reacts like an addict when you take away their heroin. Like he'll cry, he'll stomp, he'll scream. Like it's it's sad. It's sad. Uh, He's eight years old? Yeah. Well, uh, that kicking and screaming will go away in about three days. 
if you take it away permanently. And then he'll be forced to do something to uh, satisfy his boredom, which is to be creative with the real world. You know, they did a study of praying mantises for years and years and years. And they said, you know, praying mantises, they're cannibals. What they did was for 50, 60 years, they put a bunch of them in a 10-gallon aquarium, line them up at a lab and put two together and one eats the other. Like, oh, they're cannibals. And then just a few years ago, someone says, hey, why don't we study them in the wild? Well, in the wild, they don't eat each other. The intelligence of that insect is so high that when you confine them against nature, they go crazy. And if people are spending 13 hours a day in an artificial reality, instead of genuine reality, they will go crazy, right? So Very the sense. sooner you correct that, the, the better that he will be. Good. My, my daughter. <laughs> she was trying to get in the room. That's all. Yes, what can you do? I mean, it's it's interesting. I feel the same way. Like, people are addicted to social media. People are addicted to everything. And, I mean, the world's not what it was when I grew up in the 90s, even. Like, it, life was so much better then. Like, we'd go to restaurants, and my parents would be talking to everybody in the restaurant because they knew who, they knew them because we all congregated in this restaurant so often that we were neighbors. Like, we grew up in a small suburban town. We knew each other. Like, and we'd catch up with each other when we went there. But now you go to restaurants and you're right. You see everybody on their phones, either posting about the restaurant or, or other stuff. Like, it's just ridiculous. I spoke to a group of teenagers, and uh, there was a question and answer afterwards. And someone said, asked the question, well, what do you do? Uh, you know, I'm experiencing anxiety. And I'm like, an anxiety of a teenager? You know, have no bills to pay, right? No mortgage. No responsibility other than school. How can you possibly be anxious about anything? It's because they're living in an artificial reality in their video device, you see. And that creates a, a brain that is out of sync and which becomes anxious when it shouldn't be if it were in the real world, you see. Exactly. So, I mean, what even when I was a, even when I was a teenager or a kid, anxiety... I never heard of it for a long time. I never heard of the, the word even. I mean, depression, yes, I've heard of it. I heard it when I was that age, but it was not as common as it is today. Now, today, everybody on social media has depression all of a sudden. And what? Because you feel sad about something? That's not, that shouldn't be called depression. That should just be called life. Like, you're allowed to feel sad. You get over it eventually, though. You find ways to get past it. Well, it's like having their head in a vice 24 hours a day. That they're supposed to be an actual reality and their brain is an artificial reality most of the day. That's having your head in a vice. Your head is going to become unhealthy being in a vice all the time. So remove the vice, remove the device. That's why Steve Jobs did not give his products to his children. How about that? Billionaire. He could have given them 100 products, the ones wrapped in gold, and he gave them zero. That's a smart guy, isn't it? Very smart, very smart. And but yet he likes to give it to the world so they become entranced and they become yeah, obsessed. Well, yeah, that that's that's uh, a little bit of a hypocrisy, isn't it? That's another scripture that comes to mind. I think it's in Luke 17, 1 and 2. It says things that cause people to sin are bound to come into the world, but woe to the man through whom they come. 
it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a rock tied around his neck than to cause someone else to sin. So if those devices do lead to sin, then yeah, he shouldn't sell them and manufacture them. Of course, he didn't have to worry about that anymore, does he? He's no longer here. And I suspect he was assassinated because he wouldn't cooperate with the FBI wanting backdoor encryptions to his products. And that's why they took him out with cancer so that it wouldn't be as obvious as a bullet in the head. So what can you do? Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, it's like, it's like, I was just talking on another podcast about Epstein. It's like, obviously he was killed like by the government because he was holding an Island where all the highest people in the government were going to. to well, I, to I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. I, I think he's alive somewhere. So hmm. interesting. Interesting. I haven't heard anyone say that yet. Well, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine years ago um, had a wife who was unfaithful to him, and she got pregnant. Um, he never told his children this, but one of the one of his two sons was not his own. And but he loved him as if he were. And he said he could tell the fingerprint, as you as it were, was the earlobe. And sure enough, when I'm like finding, you know, secret clones of one another of famous celebrities, it's the earlobe matches exactly. And so when they took uh, this alleged body of Epstein out of jail, it was horizontal. And I zoomed in on the earlobe, turned it vertical, found a picture of the real Epstein, put it beside it. The earlobe is completely different on the alleged corpse and the real guy. So I think they faked his death. So that uh, he could, you know, they wouldn't go to trial and he could, uh, you know, still live. It was their, you know, favor to him and his favor to them. Yeah, you say you, you protect my life and I won't tell all your names to the press. There you okay, go. That type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, I mean, just the list they supposedly released of people that have been to his island is so many love celebrities and so many politicians that people love. It's just like, whoa. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they can possibly get away with it during such a high-profile event that they even can claim that all the video cameras they had on him on Suicide Watch simultaneously malfunctioned. You know, there should be a law that says whenever someone is suspected guilty of a particular crime, if the cameras malfunction during that crime, they are automatically found guilty of what they're suspected of. <laughs> Should, that should be a law right there. So, uh, you know, it's amazing the government can get away with that. But <laughs> cameras function, right? Speaking of things the government gets away with, let's talk about the reason why you actually came to the show tonight, and that is the moon landing in the '60s. Because I'm dying to get into this. Like, it's one of my favorite topics. My other show, Global Strangeness, did a full episode on like. Was the moon landing real? And we we all had mixed theories on it, but I want to hear your theory on the moon landing since you wrote a book on it. Yeah, well, generally what I share in my podcast uh, and in my book and in my movies, it's not really my opinion. It's the opinion of the experts I've interviewed. And I used to, like everybody else, think the moon landings are real. I literally had a shrine to them in my house, on a wall for many years. Saw them thousands of times. Pictures from Apollo 11, allegedly on the moon. Uh, 
Then I was put in touch with a gentleman who worked for the Apollo program for six years with very high security clearance who told me they didn't go. And I started looking into it, and more and more of it seemed odd. Uh, shadows that should be parallel in sunlight and photographs they claim are in sunlight on the moon are intersecting at 90 degrees, which take it from a filmmaker that's electrical light, which means they're on Earth and not the moon. And you have the simple logic that today NASA can only send an astronaut the farthest distance is 250 miles into space. The moon is a thousand times farther. So what they're actually claiming is that with 50-year-older technology, when all of NASA combined had one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, they sent astronauts 1,000 times farther back then than they could do today with 50 years better technology. So that means there was better technology in the past than in the future. But that's a historic and scientific impossibility. So that yeah. proves it right there. You can't have better technology in the past and in the future. They can only send mannequins to orbit the moon. They can't even have humans orbiting the moon because of lethal radiation. If you go to sabrell.com, my book about this is interactive. It actually has 16 video links. I write a chapter. I say go to link one, link two, and so forth. Now, one of the links is a NASA engineer admitting that the technology necessary for an astronaut to survive the radiation exposure to the moon and back has yet to be invented. So how did they go 50 years ago? They didn't. They lied. So you can't have greater technology in the past than in the future, so that proves it right there. You can't have shadows intersecting at 90 degrees when sunlight is always parallel. That proves it right there. And then in my film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which you can view for free at sabrell.com. These films cost a million dollars to make. They were financed by someone who builds rockets for NASA, who knows that they're fake, who thought it was his patriotic duty to expose it. Well, we uncovered classified footage of the crew of Apollo 11 faking being halfway to the moon dated two days into the flight with a one-foot model of the Earth and a third track of audio of the CIA telling him to fake a four-second radio delay. We have them faking it right in front of your eyes. That proves it. And then in my book, we have new information from a source who is actually at the location where they filmed Apollo 11 a year in advance. His name was Cyrus Eugene Akers. He was chief of security at the United States Air Force's most secretive base where their headquarters for their special ops was located, Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. He personally stood beside President Johnson June 1st of 1968 while they filmed Apollo 11 a year in advance on the ground. President Johnson gave him a list of 15 people who were allowed in to observe. We published that list in my book. And so we have an eyewitness that proves it. And then we have indirect evidence, the fact that NASA destroyed all the moon hardware, schematics, blueprints, videotapes, and telemetry data, which they would never do if they really went, but would do if they perpetrated a fraud and were covering their tracks. So the fact that they destroyed everything is actually proof they didn't go, because if you really spent $200 billion, you would never get rid of all that stuff. So... Unfortunately, it is an absolute fact, not a theory, that the moon missions were fake. 
So when Orwell said, whoever controls the past controls the future, this is a perfect example of that because the corrupt criminals are saying in the past that the moon missions are real when they're certainly not. Therefore, those same criminals are controlling our future, which means until it comes out that the moon landings were fraudulent, which they definitely were, the federal government will remain corrupt for all time. So the truth has to come out. And you can watch these films. There's 16 of them for free at sabrell.com. And if you want to get a copy of the book, which is the behind-the-scenes stories uh, in the production of these films, they're at sabrell.com. And it's an audio book that I read or Kindle or print, including after I found this classified footage and was on the doorsteps to give it to a journalist at CNN, I was literally abducted and drugged by the CIA, given true serum, asked a series of questions, where's the tape, who has copies, and so forth. I escaped their custody, made it back to Nashville, peed in a cup. I said, hey, I got them. I'm going to prove I was drugged by this exotic truth serum. So, Jeremy, I give it to a friend to put in a lab in his name, not mine, thinking I can out with the CIA. And he calls me back a few days later and says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I'm like, yeah, what problem? He says, well... Funny thing, they had a break-in over the weekend. I said, yeah, what of it? He says, well, funny thing, the only thing stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> so all this behind-the-scenes X-Files adventures that I went through was in the book for the very first time, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list, which is at sabrell.com. Because after I made the first film, I came up with the idea, well, why don't I just track down some Apollo astronauts and ask them to swear on the Bible, whether they walked on the moon or not. So on one occasion, I was inside astronaut Edgar Mitchell's house. I put up a TV monitor. I showed him the fake footage of his crew members, you know, faking being halfway to the moon. He turned beet red, like, where did you get this? Literally kicks me from behind. He's so angry. And in the commotion, I accidentally leave a wireless microphone on him. And in the commotion, my cameraman forgets to hit stop recording. So while the astronaut and his son are in their house with the door closed and the camera is in the backseat of the rental car in the driveway, it's still recording their private audio. And we hear clearly them talking about calling the CIA to have me murdered, which would not be necessary if I'm some silly person who thinks it was done in a TV studio. You see? So that's the title of the book, which is at sabrell.com. I go into all these crazy adventures and I lay out piece by piece with 16 interactive video clips that prove, unfortunately, that yes, the moon missions were fake. They can't go today, so they certainly couldn't have gone on the first attempt 50 years ago with one millet to computing power of a cell phone when they could only send mannequins to orbit the moon 50 years later, right? It speaks yeah. for itself. And if people weren't so emotionally attached to the glory of the moon landings, they would see it for the truth that it is. But it's like telling a child there's no Santa Claus. You know, it, it would be devastating. And some people don't want to give that up. Of course. I mean, it makes sense. And But I think more and more people today are seeing the truth about it. Because, I mean, there's so many theories about the moon nowadays. I mean, I was always one who thought, it was real, but they didn't tell us the truth about what they saw up there. Like, that they saw some kind of creature. I mean, I actually kind of lean towards the hollow moon theory. 
that that moon is a Death Star-like, for lack of a better term, um, object, and that it's an, I always believe it's kind of like an alien, an extraterrestrial base, that they were here for thousands of years before we even knew what the moon was. Well, th- that's a psyop, uh, because the government knows how to feed things to the itching ears of the alternative media. They don't care why you think they can go to the moon, only that you do. If you think it was Neil Armstrong who did it, great. If you think there are secret crews communing with aliens, great, as long as you believe they can do it. The same thing with this little episode we've been going through for the last three years. If you think it came from an animal, great, as long as you think it's real. If you think it came from a scientific facility, great, as long as you think it's real. I think both stories are lies. One is for the general public and the other lies for the alternative media. They wouldn't have to fake test results, motorcycle deaths, suicides, if there were a real illness you know, going around. They wouldn't have to fake any of that. But they did, which means both stories are made up. And so it's the same thing. People want to believe in aliens from outer space because of pyramids and faces on Mars. Well, wait a minute. NASA faked pictures on the moon that were filmed in Clovis, New Mexico at Cannon Air Force Base. Right. We have an eyewitness that told us so. So how do we know that NASA didn't fake the pictures on Mars? They They faked pictures on the moon. So why not fake pictures on Mars? Why not fake a pyramid, fake a face to trick people into believing in aliens from outer space? I was at a hotel not too long ago, giving an interview on some TV station. And uh, while I was there, I'm like, hey, let's see what's on HBO. Well, Jeremy, three of the 10 movies available were about aliens from outer space, a third. Imagine if a third of them were about how great the president is or a third were about how terrible the president is. You would know quite quickly there's a campaign to get you to think a particular way. There's a campaign to get the public to believe in UFOs and in aliens. Edgar Mitchell, who threatened to call the CIA, or his son did, right? He spent his whole life saying the moon missions are real when they were not. He also spent his whole life saying aliens are real well then i suspect they're as real as the moon landing they want us to believe in aliens they quote leak stuff out as a morsel for the alternative media to jump on it the the reason why people believe in aliens is because of those mars pictures from the 70s right from the organization that faked pictures on the moon a few years earlier you see Don't be misled. I played poker once, Jeremy, with some guy who was so much better than me, it blew my mind. You know, he like bluffed in a way that I knew it was a bluff, so I acted differently, but then he knew that I would know that he was doing his fake bluff and out thought me one more step, you see? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So they know exactly. They can leak pictures of aliens, leak UFOs, leak this, leak that, and have a general on their payroll say UFOs are real. Go to Sabrell.com. Scroll down just a little bit to an article I spent hundreds of hours writing and researching called, Are There Really Aliens from Outer Space? The top two UFO researchers in the whole world, I mentioned them by name. They've been studying UFOs and alien abductions for 40 years. One Frenchman, one American, that came to the exact same conclusion after decades of research independent of one another. Number one, UFOs are real. Number two, They're not from outer space. They're from Earth. 
And number three, they're demonic. When people in the military talk about their encounters with, quote, aliens, they say they lie continually, right? And, of course, they could, a fallen angel who's from Earth could say, hey, I'm from some galaxy 300 light years away. How can you prove or disprove it? They're certainly not going to tell their real identity, right? That means there's a God and the Bible is true, right? And if you've been around, imagine if, if we were able to walk on the moon 6,000 years ago, how much technology we would have now. So if fallen angels have been since Nimrod, right, who I believe was a fallen angel, a Nephilim, half-breed, then they could have technology that can fly under the water and in the air and outer space, right? What's the best place to hide is the ocean. In fact, there's a scripture revelation that says all the, all the uh, beings of earth will praise the Lord, including those on the land and in the sea, right? <laughs> Wonder who's down there, right? So that's what I believe. I believe they're, they're pretending these fallen angels to be. And in fact, you know, they did a study, I guess about 15, 20 years ago called the Eve Project, where they took blood from every nationality and using DNA technology, they were able to go backwards and backwards into time. And they absolutely scientifically concluded that every person on the earth came from one woman, just like the Bible says. So they've got a problem here. How can we still preach evolution? If all humans came from one woman, there was no one before her. She didn't evolve. She just, boom, suddenly appeared. Well, we got a problem here, right? First of all, evolution is saying a being without a brain made a being with a brain, right? A lower form of life made a higher form of life. That's the opposite of logical. In my opinion, people don't want to believe in God, so they don't have to obey God. So that what they're what is really sin is not sin. That's that's the reason they don't believe in God. So now that we have this scientific proof of Eve, what are they gonna do? So they came up with this idea that, well, okay, all humans came from one woman, okay, and there was no evolution, she just popped in history. But it wasn't God, it was aliens. Right. They never asked the question that a third grader would ask. Well, if we were made by aliens, then who made them? And the Bible says that Lucifer wanted to oust God. He wanted to take the place of God. So if they're saying we're made by aliens and aliens are really fallen angels and the chief fallen angel is Lucifer, what they're actually saying is that we were made by Lucifer instead of God. That's why 666 is in the logo of CERN and in the logo of the World Economic Forum of the people who run the world. And that's exactly what it says in Ezekiel, that Lucifer wanted the glory of God. God created mankind, not Lucifer, but they're telling us that Lucifer did. Only one step away, aliens did it, but they're fallen angels and their leader is Lucifer. So they're really saying Lucifer made mankind. Right there. Isn't that amazing? And this is going on right out in the open. And what can you do? The Bible says, save yourself from this corrupt generation. You know, repent to be baptized and be faithful to the end and uh, you'll make it. And those type of people will not. So that's a good promise. I mean, you could, my favorite scripture, not favorite, but the most important to me is what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? And these people, it looks like they will gain the whole world. And then they will forfeit their soul, right? 
my favorite uh, character in Futurama is Bender, the kleptomaniac robot. Yes. And, Thank uh, you. <laughs> there's one episode where he's, you know, calling all of his coworkers who are human, you know, meat bags. You're going to die and I'm immortal. Because if I'm run over by a steamroller, they just pop in a new memory cartridge. I'm good to go. And then his owner says, well, I'm sorry. You're one of the first models. You don't have a removable memory cartridge. When you, you know, run your course, that's it. You die. And then he says something very profound. He says, anything less than immortality is a complete waste of time. You see, people are giving into tyranny. They're giving into these shots, you see, to live one more day. But you're going to die anyway. You see, that's what people in the federal government who I witness tyranny, who say nothing about it, should think about. They're going to die anyway. And to tell you the truth, Jeremy, when I was first asked to do this movie about the fake moon landing, I turned it down. I said, look, I looked into this and it looks like the moon landings could actually have been falsified. And if that's true and I start looking into it, that could be dangerous. And sure enough. I've been kidnapped and drugged by the CIA. I've had death threats by Apollo astronauts, okay, relatives by the CIA. And one of the chapters in my book is the testimony of the widow and son of a dead Apollo astronaut who says they were murdered by the CIA. Not my opinion, their opinion. So I turned down this project because I said, this is dangerous if they really didn't go. I don't want to have, I'm not going to risk my life for what Nixon did. Five years go by and start reading the Bible, and I realize there is a struggle between good and evil and right and wrong and truth and lies. And I said, if they fake the moon landing, that's more profound historically than if they had actually gone. And if that's true, this is an important truth that mankind needs to know. I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well go out in a blaze of glory. So I changed my mind. And I started making the film, and God put a millionaire in my path days later who builds rockets for NASA, who knows it's fake, who gave us a million dollars to watch the films at sabrell.com that you can see for free. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon, and astronauts gone wild. It cost about a million dollars and 10 years to make. And you can see them for free at sabrell.com. And if you want to hear the backstory, about them, just get the book and audio that I read or Kindle or print. And you'll come to the same sad conclusion that I did when I popped in that tape and it said on the screen, do not show to the public. And I looked at it and looked at it and it's a one foot model of the earth. They're pretending it's floating in space. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're, they're faking being halfway to the moon. Well, they're faking being halfway to the moon because they can't go halfway to the moon. And here we are 50 years later and they still can't leave Earth orbit. That's why there's mannequins on the Artemis rocket. You see, NASA has never kept a schedule in their entire existence. Just to put a telescope into Earth orbit was 10 years behind schedule with 20 years better technology than Apollo. The only time NASA ever kept a schedule is the most complicated, untried mission of all time. That they were ahead of schedule, really. Interesting, isn't it? The South Pole killed the first three or four crews trying to get there, and that was here on Earth. Really? So how could they go to the moon the first time they tried? Really? Elon mm -hmm. Musk to land a rocket vertically the first time he tried. This is with the computers surrounding his rocket. It had six supercomputers. were probably 100 million times more powerful than the ones in Houston control. 
And the first rocket, 50 years better technology, 100 million times more computing power, the first rocket to land vertically blew up. The second rocket blew up. The third rocket blew up. The fourth rocket blew up. The fifth time he did it. So how could they land a rocket vertically six times 50 years earlier with 100th millionth the computing power? Think about that one. And this is why they destroyed all the technology because it could be proven electronically and with software, with rocket fuel. They just said four weeks ago, it's going to take 18 fuel trips to the space station to have enough fuel to go from there to put a human on the moon. Uh, but they didn't make 18 fuel trips the first time they did it. And then we published in the book a finding from Von Braun who said these numbers are irrefutable. It's going to take, if you want to go to the moon nonstop in one rocket, it must weigh 800,000 tons. The Saturn V only weighed 2,500 tons. It's a difference of 30,000%. He said these numbers were irrefutable. That's why they have to make 18 fuel trips first to return to the moon. And they didn't do it the first time because the first rocket never left Earth orbit. As the tape proves that we uncovered of them faking being halfway to the moon, meaning they cannot go halfway, they cannot leave Earth orbit, and they can't leave Earth orbit today. They didn't go. The moon missions were fake. You can see all this information for free at sabrell.com. And, and it's very dangerous to have this type of government running the world because they murdered people to cover it up. They murdered, not my opinion, the crew of Apollo 1 for not cooperating. This is the opinion of the widow and the son of the dead astronaut. Because the day before he died, he said, "Hun, for some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad at NASA. I wonder why. I've never been here before. Very next day, the guy is dead, right? I'm not making that accusation. His widow is and his son is, you see? So not only did they use our third of our labor, a third of our bank account for federal income tax to fake the moon landing, they also used that money, our money, to hire CI agents to murder our neighbors and friends who are going to expose their crimes. And these people and their apprentices are still in power. Otherwise, they would admit that the moon landings are fake. And we're sorry. We'll apologize for them. We won't do that ever again. But they just keep faking and faking more and more things. So every newspaper, every TV station, every magazine, every radio station said men were on the moon when they were in Clovis, New Mexico. So just because every TV station says these, you know, are the numbers of deaths and these are the numbers of infections and this is going on doesn't mean it's true. I called NBC. I said, did you talk to any of these people who are infected at one hospital? You said 450 people are infected at one hospital. Surely that's a news story. Surely you should stand outside with a microphone and say, well, what is it like to have this new illness? I said, no, we just repeat the numbers the government tells us. And that's what they were doing about the moon landing. There was a guy in command center said after the fact, he could tell no difference whatsoever between a practice flight simulation and a real flight. He says it looks the same. It's just a bunch of numbers going by on the screen. Hmm. Which you mentioned reptilians at the beginning of this kind of, and I mean, I, I fully believe that Hillary Clinton and Biden are reptilians, but <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about like because Greys and Norse extraterrestrials have been reported since the 50s, 60s? Well, um, 
when people have encounters with good angels, ones that rescue them from car crashes and things like that, they always say, every single time, they say they're very tall. Uh, what does it say in Genesis 6? That uh, angels, you know, are tall, right? And then you have the little gray people who are doing the uh, harvesting of the sperm and the eggs. I believe they're biological slaves instead of robot slaves, right? They have engineered a species that does their dirty work for them. And that's what the greys are. They're a biological slave that they concocted. Remember, they're they're basically gene splicing thousands of years ago. Okay? If you believe the book of Enoch is uh, divinely inspired, and it was in the Bible in Jesus' day, it says they were doing all sorts of weird stuff like that. It says that all of the problems of society, drugs, and weapons were all introduced by fallen angels, believe it or not. And so uh, if they're able to do genetic engineering 6,000 years ago, imagine what they can do today. And I suspect these are biological slaves, worker bees. And that's why they you know, appear to be a different species of aliens. Now, one of the links is just going to freak you out. It, fr it freaks me out just before I say what I'm about to say. Go to sabrell.com, click on the top left button, Moonman video links, and somewhere in there, I wish I knew what number, but it's one of one through 16, is a clip of the national anthem from like the late 1960s. Now, this was originally 16 millimeter film, and it would play around one o'clock in the morning as the quote sign off when there was after that dead air between 1 and 5 a.m. in most TV well stations in the country. Like in Poltergeist, yeah. What's that? Like in the movie Poltergeist, when the little girl sings yeah. on the TV and it plays the national anthem until it goes. Oh, down. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but that's pretty interesting. Uh, so they basically show pictures of the Washington Monument or the Statue of Liberty or the Lincoln Memorial, things like that, and there's words going along the bottom of the screen. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? And when it changes from verse to verse, it kind of does like a ripple through the words, kind of like a Venetian blind domino falling from left to right through the words. And if you slow it down, super slow, there's a literal legible subliminal message during the Venetian blind change of the verses. And believe it or not, it actually says consume obey, consume, government is your God, do not rebel against government, rebellion will not be tolerated, consume, obey, consume, and actually says that in a legible, discernible way. This was being broadcast nationwide and was entering people's minds subliminally, which is highly illegal. And yeah. the fact that TV stations were doing this intentionally right and someone intentionally made this film you see i mean it is kind of odd that you have three thousand architects and engineers risking their livelihood risking their reputations saying it's mechanically impossible for a steel framed skyscraper to collapse with the pinhole airplane going through it 
All you have to do is look at the Oklahoma City bombing building that was blown away. Half of the building was blown away. It still didn't collapse because it can't. It's a grid. And so we, we have that as an established fact. And yet nothing is done about it. 90% of people in restaurants have their faces in a phone. They're literally hypnotized. So half the people in America, believe it or not, and I just find this astonishing, even people in the military I've talked to, I say, well, what about Building 7, the third skyscraper that collapsed on 9-11? They say, what's that? It's amazing that somehow three skyscrapers collapsed on the same day but the American public only knows about two of them because the third one was not hit by an airplane. And if the collapse, the excuse was an airplane, then how come the third one collapsed, you know? And just like the Warren Commission has, you know, a thousand pages of why Oswald did it, such a jerk off. I'm sorry I have to say it that way, but that's what it is. They came up with a paper that proves that a furniture fire can cause a building to collapse. You know, the third 47-story tall building. It's just it's just ludicrous. And they show animation of why a furniture fire can cause the collapse of a building in a couple of hours. You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And that someone would put their name on that and go on camera and say, as if it's true, I don't know what gun they have to his wife's head or how much they put in his bank account for saying such a thing, but you need to fear God on judgment day for saying stuff like that out in the open. That is clearly a lie. One of the clips in my film, which you can see for free at sabrell.com or clips in my book, is, uh, what's his name? Dan Rather, number two at CBS, describing for the public the Zabruder film, three days after the Kennedy assassination. He says, we're not going to show it to you, but trust me, let me describe it for you. Well, somebody synchronized his description with the Zabruder film. And then he says, in the third fatal shot, you can see Kennedy's head go violently forward when it's going violently backward. He says the exact opposite of the truth on national TV. This has been going on for a long time. Bobby Kennedy Jr., right? Now, he has access to more JFK assassination files than Oliver Stone does. He says his uncle was killed by the CIA then I would believe that JFK was killed by the CIA. It's not my opinion. It's the opinion of someone who's in that family. When Betty Grissom tells me that her husband, you know, was murdered by the CIA for not cooperating with fraud at NASA as part of the moon landing adventure, I believe her. It's not my opinion. I'm passing on her opinion. And when some guy's dying, Cyrus Eugene Akers, and by the way, there's something he said that's not in the book. First of all, Jeremy, I didn't even publish his name in the book, which just came out because his son was still alive. But I can tell you now it was Cyrus Eugene Akers. And then something else is not in the book, which he actually confessed something else on his deathbed. He confessed he murdered a friend who worked with him at Cannon Air Force Base who was going to go to a reporter and tell the world they faked the moon landing because he thought it was morally wrong. Either President Johnson told him to kill him or he took it as his own initiative. We don't know. But he murdered a friend to keep it a secret. That's really what he confessed on his deathbed. He said, incidentally, that the reason why he did it 
was to cover up the moon landing fraud, which was filmed June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968 at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. All this information has been verified. And when I was confirming this information with his son, as the book was being edited, two government agents show up at his house, threatened to kill him and his family if he ever spoke to me again. You see, it's not that the government faked the moon landing and didn't kill anybody. Then you kind of respect them to a certain degree, like a bank robber who tunnels from the dry cleaner into the bank and gets away with the gold. But not if the bank robber kills three or four family men with wives and children in the process. You see, the government is very concerned the truth come out because it will enrage the people. Because whoever killed JFK, he's dead. Whoever did 9-11, they're dead. But this is a positive lie. This is taking candy away from the public and giving them a turd instead. And not only did they commit a counterfeit, they murdered people to cover it up. And the, the Apollo 1 fire, which was a homicide, that has to be investigated immediately after, which is going to make the government look so much worse than just counterfeiting the moon landing. It will then come out that they murdered their own hero astronauts to cover it up. And our first document of our once glorious nation wasn't the uh, Constitution. It was the Declaration of Independence. And it said that when any government becomes destructive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Well, what's the first one? Life. Not my opinion. The dead man's wife and son says that they were murdered by the federal government because they were going to expose their corruption. So our government has become destructive of life. Robert McNamara, defense secretary during the Vietnam War, said on his deathbed the whole reason that war started, which led to the death of 3 million people, including 58,220 Americans, that, that alleged attack by the North Vietnamese against an American ship, they made it up. He and the CIA made it up and never happened. They were willing to kill 58,220 of their own people without reason. You see that? So the moon landing fraud may have killed the fewest number of people, but it's the one that, if exposed, would bring about the greatest amount of change because it's burned in people's hearts and they're having to give up something glorious. And then they'll find out murders were committed to keep it a secret. And, and that plus, type of needs to be in and, jail, not in power. And plus, I mean, we beat Russia in the Star Wars because of us going to the moon first, supposedly. So that right there is the main, was one of the main reasons why they did it, was because they wanted to outdo Russia. Yeah, but Russia and China both found out about it, in my opinion, shortly thereafter. That's why Nixon one day says China is the greatest enemy to the United States, and then a few weeks later, during the Apollo program, goes over there, kisses their butt, and opens trade relations. And then he says Russia is the second greatest threat to everybody, and during the Apollo program, then decides to sell them all this uh, grain a third below cost. You see, they're blackmailing us. I know someone who works at the Chinese Space Agency says everybody knows the moon missions are fake. However, we have an agreement with NASA not to say so in exchange for technology. So we're being blackmailed by China and Russia because they know the moon landings are fake. And rather than blurt it out and making the information you know, useless, 
they're going to hold on to it and blackmail us over and over and over again, right? Which Another good makes reason sense. for the truth to come out. Makes sense since we're now shooting down Chinese weather balloons and we're well, now dealing with Russia alleged- and Ukraine. <laughs> Allegedly. We have, we, you know, we, the alternative media has to be careful. We know they lied about JFK, the moon landing, 9 11, uh, this little scenario for the last three years. So, why do we suddenly believe them about Chinese balloons? You see, this is, we got to be careful. We're repeating what they're saying. How can it possibly be true? The number one story is always to push people's buttons, it's always a lie. So, oh, I mean, if you didn't hear it, there's sarcasm. There's sarcasm in my voice when I said that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, China so quickly agreed that it was their balloon, which I find kind of odd. The CIA is madly in love with China, and you know, so they could stage World War Three for all we know, like like a fake wrestling match together, and uh, yep. the whole thing could be planned. We don't know. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with that, but it's just, I don't know. It's it's a sad world, but. Before we wrap it up, because it is that time, but I want to ask, what do you think about the theory that we're living, the simulation theory that we're living in a matrix? Well, that's not true. Uh, cut your finger and see uh, how much it hurts and, and bleeds <laughs> and how the taste of blood is salty. So, no, this is not a simulation. Uh, I once, maybe I'll sound crazy to say so, someone who I thought was an angel in disguise. The Bible says so. We uh, can often entertain angels without being aware of it. And the Bible says they do masquerade as people. And I referred to life as a game. You know, there's a beautiful, beautiful movie called The Game, starring Michael Douglas. Beautiful movie. Yes. And so I'm starting, you know, meditating on that. Maybe life is a game or whatever. The angel became very angry with me. For calling it a game very angry it's not a game it's a war and for people to enter this life 150 million sperm try and only one makes it this far wide is the gate broad is the road that leads to destruction and many go that way jesus is talking to the church not the pagans he says narrow is the way to life and only a few find it my interpretation is only a few people are going to make it into eternal life who are here on this earth now. And Satan, misery loves company. And he's mad at God. And the way to get even is to pull people away from God. Don't obey the Bible. Don't obey Jesus. Because that means you repent. And if you repent, you'll be in eternal life. So they're trying to do the opposite. They promote sin everywhere. Jesus said it's because of the increase of sin that the love of most believers grow cold, but those who hold to the very end will be saved. This is a war, and it's a war for living forever or being dead forever. The famous scripture, believe in Jesus, and uh, you'll have eternal life, it says, or you will perish. So there's two choices here. You either live forever after judgment day, or you perish, right? If you're in hell going, what an idiot I was for all eternity, then you also have eternal life, don't you? No. God is not going to let evil people and sinners live forever. It never says that the evil people are thrown in jail. It says evil people are destroyed. You perish. You either live forever after judgment day or you're dead forever after judgment day, right? 
And so it, it looks like only a few people are going to make it into living it forever. All we have to do is turn ourselves in, renounce sin, confess it, and stay that way until the day we die and we get to live forever. It's a pretty good deal, if you ask me, to have all of our mistakes, which is probably the majority of our existence, forgiven for just a little bit of uh, turning toward God and, and righteousness. So it's a war. It's not a simulation. It's not a game. And uh, when I spoke to who I believe was an angel, he got very offended that I would suggest that it was such a thing. It's a war. And it's a war for the eternal destiny of people. So that's why Jesus said, go and make disciples. And why he said, you know, the banquet hall in heaven is mostly empty. And the harvest is great and the workers are few. Right? Mm. Well, okay. I said that was the last question, but one more came to my head, kind of. <laughs> what do you think about all the people that say that, like all the religions out there that say reincarnation is real? Well, people can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. The book of Hebrews says people live once, die, and face judgment. That's it. So, you know, I like board games. I like Monopoly. And sometimes people argue over, well, what does free parking mean? That means you get 500. It means you get the tax money. It means, well, well you just look it up in the rules. God is not cruel. He's not going to give us this existence without rules. I mean, it's pretty simple. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill each other, right? Love your neighbor and love your enemy, right? If you only love people who are good to you, you're no different than a pagan. So you got to love your enemy too. It's just a book on how to live a good life and how to live an honorable life toward God and toward other people. And uh, the reason it says that having sex outside of marriage is a sin, because take it from a guy who used to be a playboy, right? He used to be a lot more handsome with curly hair than I am now. A person who wants to sleep around, they want the fruit of marriage without the responsibility of marriage. You see, that's why God said, you know, to be married first before you do that. To the fun of the marriage woman. without the stress oh. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, that's what it is. So if you want to know what's right and what's wrong, what's truth and what's not, I don't think God is cruel. He's not going to give us this existence without a rule book. And that's what it is. I mean, the Muslims agree it's from God. The Jews agree it's from God and the Christians agree it's from God. So there you go. I finally read it. I didn't read it because I put it in the same box with hypocritical religion. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. And when I finally read it for myself, it's like, oh, it's pretty simple. I mean, every hero in the Bible commits atrocious sin, incest, rape, murder, and they're the heroes. So I think if men were going to make it up, they would have polished it up a little bit, you know. And then in the New Testament church, it's calling out, you know, incest and immorality in the church. Got to stop doing that. Remember, don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's not a flattering book and it's pretty simple. Uh, when, when you read it for yourself, and it it makes sense. God is a loving God, and he also hates sin. And he's not going to let sin rise a second time. This is a lesson once for all of eternity, and then he promises a world without sin in the future for all those who renounce it, right? Stealing is wrong. Killing is wrong. And you have to have a rule book to tell you, otherwise you'll just gather around you a large number of teachers to tell you what your itching ears want to hear, right? <laughs> you can't be your standard because if you if you are, then there'll be no sin at all, right? So your creator 
it's his world, his universe. That's why Jesus is called the word. The word became flesh and it says we're judged by the word. Open book test. There it is. This is right. This is wrong. And it's pretty simple. I mean, it makes sense not to kill each other, right? Makes sense not to lie to one another, right? You see? So uh, that's the, the Bible says there is no reincarnation. That's a false doctrine. There's many false doctrines, probably more false than true. One false doctrine is once you're baptized, you can go off and keep on sinning. Well, that's just not true. It says multiple times in the Bible. If you deliberately sin after you've received grace, there's no grace left. It says, you know, grace is not a license to sin. You used to live in sin. That's why it's called born again and why you're called a new man. Believe it or not, let me give this testimony first. I'm giving it to but I, I got an email from someone not that long ago from someone I knew decades ago in my Playboy days. And uh, they're like, hey, Bart, you're kind of famous now. Uh, how are you doing? And I responded with just a little bit of sharing my faith, very mild, something like, yeah, well, now I'm focused on eternal things or some words to that effect. They responded with, you're not Bart, go to hell. They literally said that. This, you you're not Bart, go to hell. I mean, all, all I did was is I suggested that there's an eternity and a judgment to come. That's all. And that was the reply I got. First of all, you know, that was from a, quote, new age person. And they don't seem to be at peace in their 70s telling a total stranger to go to hell. I mean, so yeah. vicious. And then secondly, it was actually an encouragement, Jeremy. They said, you're not Bart. I'm not the Bart they knew. 30 years ago. You see? And they are correct. How about that? What an encouragement. I've been born again. You know, James Irwin, Apollo 15 astronaut, called the guy who was the leading, we didn't go to the moon guy before me, Bill Casey, went on Oprah, wrote a book. We didn't go to the moon. And in August of 1991, James Irwin calls up Bill Casey. And you know what he says? He says, I become a born again Christian. We need to have a talk about your book about the moon landing fraud. This is a guy who walked on the moon, right? He says, I'm, I'm concerned for my safety. Call me at this number three days from now. And on that day, the astronaut had a fatal heart attack. They are still threatening the son of the man who I witnessed the faking of the moon landing fraud with death less than two years ago. Okay. So this is illegal. The White House got involved, the FBI got involved, and the Intelligence Committee of the United States Senate got involved because of these death threats. It's very serious. It's not a game. You know, on the 35th anniversary, Jeremy, I was eating my cereal in bed, and astronauts gone wild had just come out where I get punched or whatever. And the three astronauts were on the lawn of the White House, in broad daylight, White House right behind them. And the reporter interviewing them said, oh, I'm glad I'm talking to you by satellite buzz so I don't get punched. And I'm sitting there and I stop and my mouth hangs open and I say, they're talking about me in front of the <laughs> White House, in front of the White House. I am rocking their boat. What I'm doing is dangerous. And that's right. You and were punched by Buzz Aldrin, right? Yeah, but the point is, you know, they're talking about me in front of the White House, lying through their teeth about walking on the moon, and I'm the one rocking their boat. And kind of a wave of fear hit me. You think it would have hit me before then? 
<laughs> but I'm like, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is dangerous. And so be it. Uh, they fake going to the moon. It's important for people to know I'm going to die anyway. And this is a, a just cause worth dying for. I, I believe it. I mean, sometimes the truth is worth certain things in life. I mean, so many people who called 9-11 a fraud have disappeared. I mean, I'm honestly surprised Michael Moore is still around, but they don't take him seriously. I think it's part of the reason. But, I mean... Well, he's just too easy. He's too big of a target, like me, you know? It's too easy. And they want to challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's easier for them to take out somebody if if no one knows who they are. If your name is out there and you know people know who you are, then it's harder to make you disappear without being noticed. But. Well, there's also good guys in the government keeping up with all of this and going after those people who aren't doing what is right. That little civil yeah. war has been going on for a while underneath the radar. So I just hope and pray they just, you know, turn up the heat and get this uh, boil pop over with and just, you know, get rid of the criminals in the government a little bit more quickly would be my my preference. I think it'd be a lot of people's preference, but I don't see the criminals in the government going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, I personally don't like the man who's the head of the White House right now, but that's me. And I don't like to put politics in my show, but too much at least. I mean, people know my opinion. I, well, I've said, the Bible I've, says uh, a soldier of Christ does not get involved in civilian affairs. So I don't exactly. vote. I don't get involved in that. Uh, you're better off uh, taking a nap. Uh, that's a better use of your time than voting because Congress and the Senate didn't vote to fake the moon landing. Somebody did it anyway, you see. So voting for them is useless. And then 90% of Americans wanted GMO labeling on their food, and the president vetoed it. So if 90% of the people can't have their way, it's not a democracy, and voting is useless. I haven't voted in the last two elections, at least, since I moved states, and I just don't know where to. I don't know where to go. But I mean, yeah, I, I just I haven't voted since Adams. Who? <laughs> John Adams, bad joke. Oh, John Adams. John Adams. Okay, I thought there was someone originally. I'm like, who? <laughs> but yeah, John Adams. Yeah, of course. I should know. I should have seen that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually had a guest on here a couple weeks ago, who she wrote a book called The Metaphysical Thomas Jefferson. She went to a medium multiple times and supposedly talked to Jeff to Thomas Jefferson about the other founding fathers and about what he thinks of the government today. And let's just say, besides his interesting commentary on other founding fathers, including the fact that Hamilton wasn't a song and dance band, um, he basically wouldn't be happy with the government we had today. Well, that's easy to predict. Uh, the thing is, if fallen angels are impersonating aliens, then I suspect fallen angels are impersonating dead people. The Bible actually says that no one is in heaven right now, that everyone who died is asleep. Jesus yeah. says, I'm going into the cave to get Lazarus to wake him up from his sleep. It says King David is asleep. It says at the coming of the Lord, the dead in Christ will rise first. So if they're already in heaven, then they got to go back into their graves and then come out again. No, the Bible says that when you're dead, you're asleep until judgment day. There is no way to contact dead people. All that's a demonic lie. So be careful. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't have a normal investigate myself, so no worries there. 
I do have two spirits live in my house. I post videos on TikTok that show the orbs floating around my garage. So, I mean, but I don't communicate with them. I wish I could, but I don't. But part of me doesn't want to because I don't. And but my wife does sometimes, and she says it sounds demonic the way it sounds in the garage. Like the well, there you go. They, the, the things they say sound demonic. Yeah, a fallen angel and a demon are actually two different things. Yeah. Uh, and if a Nephilim is a half human, half angel, and angels are immortal until they're thrown into the lake of fire, if they're a fallen angel, then what happens to that Nephilim when they die? Maybe their spirit does not sleep in the grave. It roams around. So when Jesus cast out you know, hundreds of demons from one person, maybe those are the demonic souls of the Nephilim who are in limbo, right? Half immortal and half mortal. Interesting. Never thought about it that way, but that's interesting. Well, yeah, well, just go to sabrell.com, read an article about aliens. It's right there, about halfway down the page. Yes, that's right, folks. Go to sabrell.com. And is there is there anywhere else they can find your book, or is that the only place? That's that's it. It's uh the links there for it on audio. I read it myself as well as Kindle and print. Well, you heard them, folks. Go to sabrell.com, which I, of course, put that link right in the description of this podcast as well. And I want to thank Brett Bart for coming on today. It's been an amazing episode. I let it run longer than I usually do, but it was so much amazing information. I couldn't end it. Like, I just was so entranced by the information. I couldn't end it. So I thank you. Oh, sure. And I'm also starting a podcast March 5th. Just scroll down a little bit, and there's a button to subscribe to the podcast called Bart Sabrell's Box Escape to help everybody think outside of the box. Interesting. I'll definitely check that out, and I advise all my listeners to as well. You all know you can find me all across social media. I will put in the pre-recorded outro after this, but thank you, Bart, for coming on, and it's been an amazing episode. I can't wait for it to come out. And to all my listeners, I will see you in half a week. Have a good one, folks, and one final time, Bart, thank you. You can, of course, find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant or on Facebook as Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with the S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. And you could find me, of course, on TikTok as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast and on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal. Be sure to like, subscribe, and Follow us on everything we do if you're interested in seeing more. Patreon material coming soon.